on the Gemara on the bottom of the Flamet Gimel on the base where it says Gufa. The Gemara here was talking about different halachas to Truma. It goes from one subject to the next regarding Truma. And here the Gemara brings the Braise uh, that was quoted before regarding a person using Truma Tmeya. He can't, a uh, Kayan can't have uh, uh, eat the Truma Tmeya, but you can have Ana from it. You can use it as fuel. So the Gemara here is going to bring this Braise again and bring a Machloikis about this. You can use bread or oil of truma that became tame. You can use it as fuel. Take the bread, throw it into the oven as fuel together with the wood. Or you can use the oil in the lamp as fuel. So Abaya Omar, Mishmei de Chizkiah, V'rova Omar, Debeir Ab Yitzchak, Bar Marse, Omar Abhona, so they said as follows, Loi shonu, this was only said, elopas, only regarding bread that you're allowed to use it. Avochiti, but if it's kernels of wheat, loy, that you're not allowed to use even for fuel. Why not? This exeda, shema yove behenli takola. Kernels of wheat, he might come and use it for himself to eat. And what's the reason? Because bread, after you throw it into the wood, together with the wood and the fire, it becomes moss, it becomes disgusting. A person's not going to come to eat it. However, a kernel of wheat that you throw there in that place with the wood, it's still fit for eating. A person still might come to eat it. So therefore, kernels, they didn't allow you to use it for fuel so that the person shouldn't come to eat it. Okay. Rabbi Yechenen says it doesn't make a difference. Even the kernels of wheat, you also are allowed to use for fuel. Why did Rabbi Yechenen say this? Does Rabbi Yechenen not agree to this uh, concern that a person might come to eat it? Answers the Gemara, Kid Omar Ravashi. What Rabbi Yechelen meant to say is like Ravashi said in a different place, Bishlikosa umisosa. We're talking about the kernels of wheat that he took and he cooked them. It's not just plain kernels of wheat. He cooked them and then he threw them in a place where it became moss. It became disgusting. He threw it after it was cooked. He threw it between the wood and it became disgusting. That's what he was talking about. That's what Ravashi was, said. Hachanami over here, Rabbi Yechelen as well, Bishlikosa umisosa. The kernels of wheat that we're talking about is that he's cooking them and then he's throwing it in a place that it becomes most disgusting so he's not going to come to eat it. So as Rashi explains, the machleik is between Rabbi Yechenen and Rav Huna was, Rav Huna said when you have these kernels of wheat so you have to immediately dispose of it because you might come to eat it. Ah, you, might, you can go and cook it and then use it in a way that it becomes disgusting but in, in the meantime you might forget and use it and eat it. Ashenk Rav Yechenen says that we're not concerned about that, that in the meantime he can, might come to eat it, it's cooked, and then it becomes moss, and he can use it as fuel, so you can even take these kernels and make it in a way that it should become disgusting, that you won't come to eat it. Where is it that Ravashi said that you make it disgusting, and therefore it's not, there's no concern that you're going to come to eat this? He said it regarding the following thing. There was an individual by the name of Abishol. He was the gabal. He was the one that would prepare and knead the dough in the house of Rebbe. And he would heat up the water. Even using kernels of wheat, of truma that was tamay, he would use that as fuel to heat up the water. And he would use that water to then uh, mix in the dough, to knead the dough that was being prepared. 
Why was this dough being prepared betara? So Rashi explains that Rabbi's custom was that he would eat even chulin with tara, like a kayan that eats truma with tara, without being tomei. So there's a concept also of a person being careful, even when he eats chulin, to eat it betara. Rabbi was careful to eat chulin, even chulin with tara, but yet he wasn't concerned about using tomei truma in the fire that he made to heat up the water that he used for this dough. Amai, so why wasn't he concerned? Why wasn't he concerned that he might end up using a, one of these kernels of wheat that are there in the same place? He might uh, get, get mixed in and use it for the dough itself. Ravashi, so Ravashi said, The kernels that he was using was cooked, it was made to be disgusting, and therefore there was no concern that it might get mixed into the food that he's using to make for the dough. Adagamara brings up another subject when he gets to Truma. At the end of the sugi, it'll connect back to something that we spoke about before. Abai Barovin, Virav Hananya Barovin, Tonu Trumas Bay Rabba. So these two Amiraim, they were learning the Mesechta of Trumas by Rabba. Pagabuhu Rava Barmasna, Rava Barmasna met them. Amaluhu, so he said to them, My Amrisu Betrumas the Baymar. Well, let me hear something that you learned by your teacher Rabba and the Mesechta of Trumas. So they said back to him, Is there any question that you had? If you have any question, so let's hear. So I'll, I, will, I will try to answer you. So they, they, he said to them, Tanan, I have a question on the following Mishnah. It says in the Mishnah there, in Trumas, You have Shesilim of Trumas. What are Shesilim of Trumas? This is a sapling of um, a vegetable that you are planting in the ground. You can replant it in the ground. And it became Tomei. And he took this sapling and he planted it in the ground to hide him. It'll now be toy milatame. It'll be toy. It will not make anything else tome. What's the pshat in this? So Rashi explains that the whole concept of truma is only by something that's food. Over here, benegat to truma. As long as the truma is food or drink, oichel or mashke, so then it could be tome. As soon as you replant it in the ground, it's not called an oichel anymore. Now it's like a seed that's in the ground. So if it's not an oichel anymore, so it, it's, it, it's not tome anymore. But then the Mishnah concludes and says, Vasurin You still are not allowed to eat it. So now the question that he adds on this Mishnah is, if you say that once you plant it in the ground, it's not a food anymore, it becomes like a seed that's in the ground, and therefore it loses its status of tome, so why would you not be allowed to eat it? Why does it say asurin milechel? Bichimi achar de tahoirin. If it's tahoir milatame, and therefore won't make anything else tame, amai asurin milechel. Why should it be also to eat? A kain is not allowed to eat truma which is tame, but truma which was planted in the ground is not tame anymore. So the kain should be allowed to eat it. So there's a contradiction here in this mishnah. Doesn't it's not understood what it means asurin milechel. So the gemara here is going to bring three different shatim. And what asurin milachal means? Why should it be asur even though it was planted in the ground? Amrulei. So they answered him and said, "This is how Rabbi learned this." Ma'ya asurin. When it says over here in the Mishnah that the what, what was planted, the saplings that was planted, and it becomes tahir now, but it's asur asurin lezarim. What it meant to say is not that it's asur to the kain to eat because it's still tummy. It's not tummy anymore. Adarabe, the kain can eat it. It's also to Azar, to anybody else it's also to eat. That's what the Mishnah meant to say. <coughs> but now the Gemara asks on this, if that's what the Mishnah is saying, so then what's the Chiddush? 
We know it's truma. The question is, if is it truma which is tame or is it truma which is tired? For sure, Zar can't eat it. My kamashmalon. So if so, what would be the chiddush of this mishnah when it says that it's also for Zar to eat it? Gidule truma. Is the chiddush over here gidule truma meaning you have truma and then you take truma and you replant it in the ground? You take it yeah, and you have a sapling that you could replant in the ground and then it's going to grow. So the gidulim that grew out of the truma, this is not what you made truma originally, but you replanted it and it grew out of it. Does, are the gidulim of the truma also truma? Is the chiddush over here of this Mishnah that even after you replanted it and it grew from it, that it would also be truma? Truma that it would be truma? That's not the chiddush of this Mishnah. We learned it in another Mishnah over there in the same Masechta of Trumas. Tanina the Mishnah says, gidule truma truma. What grows from truma is also has the same status as truma itself. So if you're going to say that that's the Chiddush here, it says it in another Mishnah. Now maybe you'd say that the Chiddush is a step further. Gidule gidule. Something that grows from something that grew from Truma. Maybe that's the Chiddush. What would be the Chiddush of this Mishnah here when it says that you planted these Shesilim in the ground, that it still is Truma and it's Asafa Azar, that even what grew from something that grew from Truma, that even that would also be Truma. And this is only true if this is something where the seed itself does not rot. Rashi explained the simple thing here that you have when you plant a seed in the ground or you plant anything in the ground, a sapling, a seed in the ground, there's two different scenarios. There are certain things that you plant, let's say, if I, but Rashi says by most of the grains or by maybe by all the grains, when you plant a seed in the ground, what happens? The seed rots and then from it grows out whatever, whatever grows. But then you have certain things you plant in the ground and Rashi gives the example of cabbage, or I believe onions as well, you, you place a, a, a small sapling of a cabbage in the ground, it doesn't rot. The leaves start growing on it and get added to it more and more leaves that come onto it. That little sapling that you put there starts growing more and more. So it doesn't rot. So over here, when it comes to the halacha of gidule gidulim, something that grew from something that grew, from truma. If it's something where the seed itself rotted in the ground, so the Mishnah there in Truma says Befedish, that Gidule Gidulin will not be Truma. The halacha that Gidule Gidulin is Truma is only if what you placed into the ground itself did not rot. And the way Rashi learns this is, let's go back to the example of cabbage. When you have a little cabbage that you put into the ground, like a little sapling of cabbage that you put into the ground, so it has very small leaves on it. So the Gidulin of that was, and you, that was Truma. Talking about a case that this was Truma. So the Gidulin would be the actual leaves itself that grew. To lar a larger size. Gidule Gidule would be new leaves that came out of it that were bachlal not there before. That's how Rashi learns this. So if that's what the Chiddush of the Mishnah before, when it said that it's Asurin, that it's Asafar Azar, is the Mishnah referring to this case of Gidule Gidulin? This is also something that it said in the Mishnah. Honami Tanin, it said it there as well. The Mishnah says, Hatevel Gidulav Mutarin. Tevel, which is the produce that Truma was not taken from it yet, and it's also to eat. So what grows from it is mutter. But that's only by something where the seed itself rots in the ground. But if it's something that the seed itself does not rot in the ground, so then even what grows from what grows would also be Yasser. So as I mentioned before how it works by the cabbage, even the new leaves that come out will also be Yasser. So just like it says this regarding Tevel, the same is true regarding Truma. What's Tevel? Tevel is something that the produce, the Truma, wasn't taken yet. So the same thing is true regarding Truma. So the point that he's asking him is, going back to what it said before the Mishnah he quoted, when it says, Asurin Milechel, you can't say that the Chiddush is, that even though it was planted, it's still going to be also because of the Gidulin. 
All of these scenarios of Gidulin was already explained in other Mishnayis. Ishtiku, so these two Amiraim, which were learning by Rabbah, and they thought that they knew Mesech the Trumah so well, they were quiet, they didn't know how to explain this, they couldn't answer this. Amalei, so now they said to him, Did you hear Abshad about this Mishnah? So he was really testing them, sort of, because now we see that he himself knew the Pshat in this Mishnah. He was asking them, oh, what did you learn by Rabbah? But now they <laughs> asked him back, what, how, do you know Pshat in this Mishnah? He said, yes. This is what Rav Sheshis said. My Asurin, when it said there in the Mishnah, when you plant a sapling of Truma in the ground and it's Asur, even though it becomes Tahir, what does it mean when it says that it's Asur? Asurin Lekayanim, it, it does mean to Kayanim, not to Zadim, it means it's Asur to the Kayanim, but why? There's a new psal besides Tumah, which this is the way the Gemara understands this now. The Gemara is going to bring a big discussion about this. But right now what the Gemara is saying is, the very fact that you took your mind off the Tumah by planting it in the ground, Hesachadas passes the Tumah. So over here, even though by planting it into the ground, it's not an Eichel anymore, it becomes a seed, and therefore the Tumah that's on it is gone. But the very fact that you planted in the ground is a hesachadas, and hesachadas in itself makes the truma unfit for you, for eating. Rashi here brings the pasuk where it says, "As mishmeres trumaisai," that you have to guard your truma. Avid lashimur that you should guard the truma and not take your mind off it. If you take your mind, if you put the truma in a place where your mind is off of it, it's not in a, in a place where you can keep it safe. Like over here, you're planting it like a seed in the ground, a sapling that's planted in the ground. Hesachadas, it becomes Puzzle for a kayan to eat. That's what this Mishnah is teaching me. So now the Gemara will say this whole entire concept of Hesachadas is not so simple at all. There's a big machlaikis about this, and the next piece of the Gemara will go into all the details about the subject of Hesachadas. This answer would be good according to the opinion that says, Hesachadas, Psul have that this new Psul that we just introduced here of Hesachadas is actually an, its own. Psul, there's an inherent psul by truma that if you take your mind off of it, it becomes possible to eat. So shaper. So then that's that's the pshat of what the Mishnah said over here that it's also to eat because you planted it in the ground. But there's another opinion that says that there's no inherent psul of hesachadas. What is the issue with hesachadas? The issue is that it's a psul tuma because you took your mind off of it, so we're concerned that it became tummy. So it's l'chayra, p'sul only midrabonon. It's only exeri midrabonon, that because you took your mind off of it, it, it might become tummy. So if that's the case, so how could we apply that concept to this case? Over here we're talking about a person, that what, what, what was he das? He took a sapling and planted it into the ground. That's why he took his mind off of it. Is there any concern that this became tummy? No, it's placed into the ground. Adarabah, when he places it into the ground, it was Tomeh, he removes the Tomeh by placing it into the ground because now it's not an item of a food anymore. So there's no concern that it became Tomeh. So we can't explain our Mishnah according to that opinion. So how would we explain this Mishnah here? And here the Gemara brings the Machlekes and goes into it by Rechis. We learned this Machlekes, Hesachadas. This Psul of Hesachadas that applies to Trumeh and it applies to Kachim as well, as we'll see here in the Gemara. What's the basis of this Psul? Rabbi Yechenen Omar, Rabbi Yechenen says, Psul have It's not its own psul for itself. When you take your mind off Tumah, the issue is that it might have become Tommy. But Rabbi Shemim ben Lakish Omar, Rabbi Shemim ben Lakish says, no, it's a new psul for itself. Psul aguf have It's its own inherent psul that you take your mind off something, Rabbi Tumah that is, it becomes Tommy. 
So the Gemara explains the Nafkamina. Rabbi Yechenin says that it's only a psul that we're concerned that it might have become Tomei. What does this mean? Shim Yavi is going to come and say that this Tumah that you took your mind off of it, it did not come in any contact with Tumah. Shaymin Loi. We'll listen to Eliyahu because the only reason that it was an issue is because you had a concern that it became uh, Tomei. But if Eliyahu tells you it didn't, so then you'll know it's not Tomei. Says, taking your mind off the truma, this in itself makes it possible whether it came in contact with Tumah or not. So if Eliyahu Novi is going to come and say that this is Tahir, it didn't come in contact with Tumah, it doesn't matter. It's a Psola Guf, the Hesachadas in itself is the Psol. This is the Machlaikis of Rishlakish and Rabbi Yechenen. So the Mishnah we said before will only fit according to Rishlakish. The pshat that uh, the Gemara brought from Rav Sheshis and not with Rav Yechenen. So now, before the Gemara gets back to a third pshat that it says in this Mishnah, the Gemara first brings a few questions regarding this machlokes between Rav Yechenen and Rav Shimon ben Lakish. Eisvei Rav Yechenen and Rav Shimon ben Lakish. Rav Yechenen asked Rav Shimon ben Lakish. It says Nabrai says follows. Rav Shimon ben ben Lul cotton haya ben kevesh lemizbeach. There was a small hole between the ramp and the Mizbeach itself. By the western side of the ramp, they had a small hole over there in the ground. What was the purpose of this hole? If there was any what did you do with a chatasa'if? Over there, in that western side of the ramp of the Mizbeach, the Kayin would do malike, which is with the ashkita that's done with the nail of the Kayin, and then you would take the blood and it would be sprinkled over there in that place on the Mizbeach. But what happens if it became a psul? Absol happened, so then they would throw this bird over there in that place, in that hole, and then you have to wait until its form becomes decayed. What this really means is you have to wait overnight. Why do you have to wait overnight? Because overnight it becomes nicer. And only then, when it becomes nicer, it becomes possible. And then, after it becomes nicer, you take this bird, which is possible, and you can burn it. And you, you, you burn this bird. But until then, they put it over there in that hole. They had a place where they placed it over there until that point. Okay, so now before we go right there in the Gemara, the Gemara here will explain kachim that becomes possible. What are you supposed to do with kachim that becomes possible? You're supposed to burn it. However, the halacha is, if there's a real psal in the kachim itself, it actually became possible, so then you can burn it right away. It's, it's totally possible, you burn it right away. If there's a psal that happened to Kachim, but it's not a psal in the Kachim itself, it's a different psal that happened to, to something else that doesn't allow you to be makr of the carbon, that doesn't allow you to do the zrike. So then, since this Kachim itself is not possible, there's an outside thing that's stopping you of doing it, you can't burn it yet. You're not allowed to burn it. You have to wait until it becomes nicer. Only once it becomes nicer, nicer is a psal in the Kachim itself, and then you can go ahead and burn it. So over here, what is this Braisa saying? That you have a psul in the Chattas you can't burn it right away, you have to wait until it becomes nicer. Why do you have to wait until it becomes nicer? Isn't it possible itself already? So the Gemara explains, If you're going to say that the Hadas that we spoke about before, that when you took your mind off Trume, or over here we're talking about Kachim, you took your mind off Kachim, what happens? It becomes Tomei. That itself is a Tomei that we're concerned that it became Tomei. So therefore, it's necessary to wait until it actually becomes nicer in order to be able to burn it. Why? Because you don't know for sure that it's Tomei. You have a Suffolk. 
It's a suffix, maybe became tame, maybe not. You can't burn kochim if you don't know for sure that it's possible. So Shem Yahweh Eliyahu Yitarena. Eliyahu Navi might come and say that it's tar. How could you burn it? Eli Yomret Psula Gov. But if you're going to say that if you took your mind off of it, it's already a Psula Gov. Lamali Ibatsuda. Why is it necessary to wait until it decays? In other words, until the next morning when it becomes nicer. Vahatnan, we learned in a Mishnah, or this is actually a Braise. Vahatani, we learned in a Braise. Zeaklal. This is the rule with Kachin that becomes puzzle. Kal Shepsulai Begufai. Anything, anything of kachim that it itself becomes possible directly. Uh, for example, it becomes tome directly, or it became pigle. It itself is mamish tome. You start of miyat. You could uh, burn it right away. You don't have to wait because it's totally possible. So you burn it. Bedam ubebailim. What happens if? It didn't become puzzle in itself. It's not pigle. It didn't become tommy. But rather, what happened is the blood of the carbon spilled. So now, once it spills, you can't do this rik anymore. So there's, an, uh, there's a technicality. There's an outside thing that's stopping you of uh, being makri of this carbon or bebailim. The owners of the carbon became tommy, and therefore the owners can't eat the carbon anymore. So in such a case, because the the carbon itself, there's no psul a guf in the carbon itself. To ubar tzurasan, you have to wait until the next morning. and only then are you allowed to burn it. So over here, benigay to this this bird that became tummy. What there's a psul in this bird? What happened over here? Mimon If there's a psul in the bird itself, you could burn it right away. Elamai were talking over about a psul that did not happen with the bird itself. If that's the case, the Gemara is asking if you're going to say that the psul is hesachadas. So if the psul of hesachadas is. Because the Gemara, the Gemara is, uh, the Gemara is thinking that any other psal is a psal in the guf itself, and it's poshut that you can burn it right away. The only psal that you can't burn right away would be a psal like hesachadas. But Teisvis does ask the question. Very good. Teisvis does ask that question that you're asking. We just brought two examples of other psalim, dam and bailim that are not a psal that uh, is in it, it itself, and therefore you have to wait. Teisvis asks this question at the bottom over here. Okay, so Teisvis uh, says that, what, that even if you're going to say that the psal was bedam or bebailim, but what happens after they throw it into that hole over there? As soon as they throw it into the hole, that's the hesachadas. That itself is the hesachadas. So that's how we know that the case over here is hesachadas. So if the case is hesachadas, if hesachadas is an inherent psal, so then you should burn it right away. But if you're saying that the psal of Hesachadas is only because it might have become Tomei, so then maybe it's not Tomei, so you can't burn it right away, so you have to wait till the next morning. So what's the pshat over here? Amalei, so Rishlokish answered Rav Yechenen, Hi Tana, the Tana of this Braise might disagree with this whole premise of, the, of your question. Tana de Rabbe Baravuhu, he's the uh, Tana that learned by Rabbe Baravuhu, the Oma that he said, I feel a pigle. Even when you have a psal like pigle, where the whole thing is totally puzzle, ton ibitsura. You don't burn it right away, you have to wait until the next morning to burn it. Even a psal like guf, you have to wait until it decays, until it becomes nicer the next morning to burn it. So therefore, this whole question doesn't apply. This braise could be going according to that opinion. He asked another question, again, the question we're discussing over here is, uh, no, hai tana tana debei rabba baravua. There was a tana that said, someone that said, Torah braise, in the name of an opinion of a tana in the front of rabba baravua, which was an amayra. Eisvei, another question was asked from another braise. Nitma oishen nifsala basa. If the, the, the meat 
of a carbon became tome or it became puzzle. Now, how did it become puzzle? So that's going to be the subject of the Gemara over here. What, the, what is exactly the psal of this meat? But the, it became tome or puzzle. Or what happened to the meat is it went out of the, the curtains of the azara, out of the azara where it should be eaten. So now the meat can't be eaten anymore. The meat is tome, the meat is puzzle. What happens though with the rest of the carbon? The carbon has the zrika of the carbon on the mizbeach. Could the blood still be sprinkled on the mizbeach? Even though the basar is puzzle, but the blood could still be sprinkled on the mizbeach. Rabbi Shua says once the basar is puzzle, the basar is tame, you can't eat the basar, the meat. So the other part of the carbon, which is the blood sprinkled on the mizbeach, also cannot be done either. In other words, as Rashi here explains, the, the basis of what their machlekes is about is, Rashi says that Rabbi Shua holds him, aim basar, aim dam. Do we say these two things go hand in hand? If I can't eat the basar anymore, the person, the bailam, the owners can't eat the basar, so then the dam is not fit to be used to be sprinkled on the mizbeach either. Rabbi Yeza holds, no, these two things are not connected to each other. The basar is puzzle, you can't eat the basar, but the dam could still be sprinkled on the mizbeach. That's what the machlekes is about. Then the Braisa says, Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Shua will admit, Sheim Zorak, if you did do the Zrike, even though you weren't supposed to, but if you did do the Zrike, Hortza, it's accepted. So now, as I mentioned, the Gemara wants to know, it says here, Nitma, it became Tomei, and then it said, Oishen Nifsal, or it became Pusel. What kind of Pusel are we talking about? My Nifsal. What is the Pusel this Braisa is speaking about? Isn't it the psal that's the subject of our sugya? Lav behesachadas. Aren't we talking about hesachadas? So Rashi explains why is the Gemara coming to the conclusion of hesachadas? Because if you're talking about another psal, what would be another classic psal? Pigle, the, the psal of pigle. The psal of pigle, it's a davar apasha that you can't do the zrik anymore. There wouldn't have been a machlaikis between Rabbi Yezer and uh, Rabbi Shua. The machlaikis of Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Shua is when you have a psal that's only in the basar. And now the question is, does that affect your ability to do the zrika of the dam? A psal of pigol, or any other psal that's similar to pigol, it definitely makes the entire carbon puzzle, and there is no zrika to be done anymore. We're looking for a psal that's only on the basar and not on the rest of the carbon, and the question now is, could you still do the zrika? So what would be that psal? Not tumah, because tumah was mentioned, so the psal would be hesachadas, that you took your mind off this meat. If you're going to say that the psal of Hesachadas is based on the fact that you're concerned that it might have become Tomei, so this would now make sense with what the Braisa says afterwards, the Meratzi Tzitz, that Bidi if you did sprinkle the blood, the Tzitz will make that accepted. We had this before, this concept that by any Tomei in the base of Mikdash, a carbon that became Tomei, if you sprinkle the blood on the Mizbeach, the Tzitz makes it to be accepted. So if the psal of the basar here is also the psal of toma, because hesachadas is, is a concern of toma, so then it sits, will make this blood to be accepted. Eli, yamret psal aguf have, but if you're going to say the psal of hesachadas has nothing to do with toma, it's a separate toma, it's in its own inherent psal in, in the basar. Amai hortza, why are you saying that bidiyevet, if you sprinkle the blood, it would be accepted? That sits does not cause any other psal to be accepted, only for toma. Answers the Gemara, my nifsal, when it says over here that the meat became puzzle, what does it mean? Nifsal betful yoyim. It means that it touched the tful yoyim, which is a sheni lutome, and a sheni lutome made it to tome. Says the Gemara, that's the pshat, ihochi hainu tome. It already said before, nitma, it became tome. 
Answers the Gemara, Trey Gavni Tomei. The Braise is mentioning two levels of Tomei. It became Tomei from a Rishon or a higher level of Tomei. And then it's also mentioning a lower level of Tomei, even the Tomei from a Tvul Yain. But we're not talking about this Braise, is not discussing a case of Hesachadas. Okay, correct. Right, from a Tvul Yain. So now the Gemara returns back to the Braise that this Gemara began with. We only brought up the subject of Hesach because it was relevant to the Pshat of the Braise before when a person took a sapling of Trome, which was Tomei, and he planted it in the ground. So what happens when you plant it in the ground? It's not Metame anything anymore. It's not Oichel, but it's still said in the Braise, Asurim Melecho. The Kayin is not allowed to eat it. And our question was, why is it not allowed to be eaten? So we brought, brought two Pshatim. Now the Gemara is going to bring a third Pshat. Kisalik Ravin. When Ravan came, went there to Israel, Omra Lishmaite Kameda Rabirmiya. He said this price or this Mishnah about Asurim Ilachal in front of Rabirmiya, and he said over the Pshat that the Gemara said over here. Omar Rabirmiya said, Bavloi Tipshoi, the Babylonians are fools. Mishumdi Yasvi Ba'ara Khashaikha, they sit in the land which is dark, Omritan Shmaitse the Mechshu. And therefore they interpret the Mishnah also in a dark way. Not, they, didn't, they didn't interpret the right Pshad of here. Rashi says the Pshad of Babel being a dark place is Pashat the Gashmis. It's a place that's in a valley. Eretz Yisrael is in a mountain. As you go up to Eretz Yisrael, and Babel is in a low place, Begashmis. But there's also the famous Gemara that says, and it's actually Rabbi Yirmiya that says it in Sanhedrin, that Bemachashakim Hoishivani, the Pasuk that says that you placed me in a dark place, Zed Talmud Bavli. The Talmud Bavli is considered to be a dark place as opposed to Talmud Yerushalmi. In Talmud Yerushalmi, everything is explained directly, clearly, without discussions, questions, and answers. Mashenkin and Bavli, everything is a discussion with questions and answers. So he says, this style of learning, like in the Bavli, is with questions. This is a dark, the darkness of the learning. Something that the Chassidah speaks about, the, that actually there's a mile in Talmud Bavli. When a person learns with all the questions, it brings you even to a greater depth, to a, to a greater connection. So he said that they didn't get the right pshat. What's the right pshat in this Mishnah? Did you not hear what Rish Lakish said in the name of Rabbi Ishiya? There's a special chumre that applies to kachim and truma. That when you plant something, it will not make it fit for eating. If it was tame, and once you planted it, it will not make it fit for eating. And the Gemara brings this up first of Ibn Aged to what he said by Kochim. And then the same thing will apply by Trumah as well. What did he say by Kochim? Meachag. You have the water that's used on Sukkis for the Nisachamayim, the Besamikdash and Sukkis. Shenitmu, it became Tome. So Rashi says, so let's say it's talking about on a Shabbos, so they can't go and get new water. You can't carry from the Meach Shiloyach, they used to go and get the water there. It's Shabbos, they can't get new water. So how would you make this water fit for being uh, poured on the Mizbeach? So what would you do? There was a canal of water that came from a spring that was running in the Beis Amikdash itself. So there is a concept called Hashoka, which means you take water which is Tomei, you bring it in contact with water which is Tohoi, and it makes that water which is Tomei, Tohoi. Just like you have in a mikveh, you have Mayim Shuvim, a mikveh which is Mayim Shuvim, and then you have a, the second boyer of a mikveh, which is the rainwater, and the hashaka, when they kiss or when they come in contact with each other, it makes it fit to be a kosher mikveh. So it's the same thing also regarding Tumah. So you take this Meach Hakshinitmu, so the Mishnah makes the following distinction. Hishikon, if you took this water and you brought it in contact with, with uh, water that, which is pure, which is good, and now you want to make this water that it should also become good. And then after you did that, after you brought it in contact with the good water, then you will mock the shit to hide it. So that actually will work. This water will become tahid, and now you can use it to 
pour in the Mizbeach. Higdishon, however, this water for the Nisach HaMayim, if you first were Makdashit, and then Va'achakachishikon, then you bring it in contact with the uh, pure water, Tmein, it's going to stay Tomei, it's not going to work. The fact that you brought it in contact with the pure water will not change its status. So the Gemara now will explain why not. If there is this concept that if you bring it together, if you bring it in contact with the pure water, it, ele- it, it takes away the Tumas, so what difference does it make when you were Makdashit? Mahti, let's see, Zriye Ninu. When you bring it in contact, you're planting. The, way, the reason why Hashaka works is because you're planting the Tomei water in the Tahir water. And therefore, now it becomes planted and part of the Tahir water, and therefore it becomes Tahir. So, this is the, the language that's used always by a mikveh. There's a concept of Hashaka and a concept of Zriye. It could be it's two different concepts here in the Gemara that puts it together. In Smashma, the Gemara, that's, it's the same concept. You bring the Tomei water in contact with the Tari water, it's planted in the Tari water, and therefore becomes part of the Tari water. So if that's the case, what does it make a difference in the order that this happened? If it was first made holy, and then you brought it together, or in the other way around. So what do you see from this? Alma. You see from this, Ein hektish. Once you were maktish it, if this water was already hektish, this idea of making it tahir through planting it in the pure waters doesn't work. Zriya does not remove the tumma to make it fit on the mizbeach. Zriya only works if the water was still chulin, then it works. Then this method works. But there's a special chumra for hektish that it does not work. Special chumra. Hanami, that chumra applies as well over here by trume. You have trume, which is tome. You plant it in the ground. It's not a food anymore. It's not going to be metame anything else. However, there's a chumra for trume that it will not remove the status of the trume as far as you being allowed to eat it. It's still also for the kain to eat. This is a special chumra for trume, just like you find this chumra benigeya tekotchim. Yosef Ravdimi Ravdimi was sitting and he was saying this new halacha that we just learned. And Omele Abaya and Abaya asked him about this new chumre here, that Zriyeh does not work, to Kochim and to Trume. When does this apply? Well, now there's two different scenarios of Kochim. Hikdishon Bekeli Kama, this is only apply when you were Makdish something and you already placed it into a Kli Shadis, into a holy Kali of the base of Mikdash. Mm-hmm. Only then it applies. Avo Bepeh, Loi, Ovad Rabbonon, Maile. Or when you, or, sorry, that is that, uh, however, if you are only makdashit bepeh, it doesn't apply. If you just designated it by mouth, but you did not yet put it into a klishotis, this chumrah does not apply yet. Or even anything that you designated for hektish, even before it was placed in a klishotis, this chumrah applies as well. So he answered him, the question that you're asking about this particular chumrah, whether it applies, even if you only designated it by mouth, I didn't hear anything about this clearly. But I did hear something else similar to this. And here we bring back up a subject that we spoke about before. Grapes that became Tomei. And at this point the Gemara is assuming what kind of grapes are we talking about? Grapes of Kochim. Grapes of Kochim that became Tomei. So if the person will squeeze these grapes and the, the juice is coming out, and only afterwards was he makdish the grapes, to hide him. So then the juice that comes out is going to be tohir. Higdishon, however, if he was makdish the grapes first, and afterwards he squeezed them, then tomeim. Then they're going to be tomeim. 
So there is a special Chumre after it became Kachim. So now what is this based on? What's the story of these grapes based on? So we learned about this yesterday regarding the grapes that uh, Rabbi Yechenen treats the grapes like a container that's holding juice inside. So even if the grapes themselves are tome, the juice inside is not tome. However, this, uh, the way we look at grapes, that it's only like a container, is only regarding chulen grapes. But if it's kachin grapes, that doesn't apply. By kachin grapes, I say, if the peels of the grapes become tome, the juice inside becomes tome as well, it's all one entity. So this, he makes a distinction between chulen grapes and kachin grapes. But now grapes, the grapes are not something that becomes holy in a klishotis. It's like kedushas peh. It just becomes holy with the mouth of a person that he designates it to be used for a carbon in the base of mikdash. What are the grapes? The grapes itself, you, 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 you put it in a klishotis, it could be used in the base of mikdash. It can't. It's only kedushas peh. And nevertheless, the Rabbanon said that there's a difference if it's chulen grapes or if it's kachim grapes. So what do I see over here? That even though the grapes are not Kaddish and Akeli, this Chumrah applies. So he wanted to say that the same thing would be also regarding what we said before, that there's a Maila, that there's a Chumrah that they made, that Zriya does not work regarding kachim and Truma. That's only if it's Kaddish's Keli, if it's placed into a Keli. Is, um, again, that's sorry, that's even if it was not placed into a keli, even if it was only Kedusha's pet. Rav Yasef, Rav Yasef says, Anovim Ka'omrit, you bring me from what Rav Yechenen spoke about regarding the grapes. Rav Yechenen wasn't speaking about grapes that are kachim. And therefore, you can bring a raya, whether that it's not brought on a keli. The Kedusha's pet did who? Kedusha's keli damya. He was talking about grapes of truma. The Kedusha of, of grapes of Trome, they're never placed into a keli of Klishotis. It's Trome. By Trome, there's no distinction of Kedusha's Peh, Kedusha's Keli. It's all the same thing. Avalhani, the boy Keli, but when it comes to Kachim, that do have to be placed into a keli eventually. Maybe if someone designated the grapes to be used, but it wasn't yet placed into a keli, so maybe over here this Maila does not apply. Abiyachin was talking about Trome. It's a whole different story. So now the Gemara asks a question on this statement that we just brought from Rabbi Yechenen regarding these grapes, that if you squeeze out the grapes, the, so the grape juice that comes out is going to be toir, darchon, Rabbi Yechenen said that you squeeze out the juice, it's going to be toir, vafilatuva, does that mean even if you squeeze it from any amount of grapes? Could that be true? Or me, Amr Rabbi Yechenen, did Rabbi Yechenen say this? Amr Rabbi Yechenen, anovim shenitmu, where if you have grapes that became tomei, how could the juice that you squeeze out not be tome? That's only if you're squeezing from grapes that are less than a kebeitzah. If the grapes are a kebeitzah, it makes the juice that comes out tome. Over here, Rabbi Yechenen is saying, squeeze it out, and he doesn't give any limitation of a size. So the Gemara two answers. Even though he didn't say it clearly, but he meant the same thing. It's only if you squeeze it from grapes that are less than a kebeitzah. Another answer is, Hasam, before when it said that it's only from grapes that are less than a kebetzeh, it's because a rishen letome that touched these grapes. The havalo inu sheni. So the grapes itself became a sheni letome, and therefore the juice that comes out of it is going to be tome, unless it's smaller than a kebetzeh. Smaller than a kebetzeh won't make it tome. Hacha the nagu b'sheni. Over here we're talking about grapes of trome that touched a sheni. 
The Havalu Hu Shlishi. So the grapes themselves are Shlishi Latoma. If the grapes are Shlishi Latoma and the juice inside of it is not part of the grape itself, it's only like contained inside the grape, the juice that comes out does not become tome because by trume, shlishi le is the last level of trume. There is no reveal le So therefore over here, you can squeeze it as much as you want. Whatever will come out will not be tome. Omarova says, We also learned about this special stringency that there is regarding kachim and that this stringency regarding kachim is even regarding something that's not kadosh and akeli. Where is this? Where you, by, by, by the waters that's used for paraduma. The nosanol of mayim chayim al keli, that you have to place the water of the pora aduma into a keli. What do you learn out from this pasik? Shetehei chiyusan bekeli, that the water in the keli that's used for the for the ashes of the pora aduma, you have to take it directly from the spring of the, the the water from the wellspring. You can't put it in one keli and then place it in this keli. It has to be directly. That's what chiyusan bekeli means. The living water is coming directly into this keli. The nosan. But then it says, Venosan, you place it into the keli. Alma tlushaninu. Venosan is mashma, that it's already re- removed from its source. And then you put it into this keli. So you see that it does not have to be directly from the source. But v'hamechubaraninu. Didn't you say that it has to be chiyusam bekeli, that it does have to be direct? Elo says the Gemara, maile. This is a maile medrabanon. This is a chumre medrabanon that they said that it should be directly from the keli. Even though on the Pasik it says Venosan. And Venosa means it does not have to be directly. Yet, Chachamim said, and they, they put an asmachta on the Pasuk, Venosa, Mayim, Chayim, El Keli, that it should be directly from the source. So this is a mila that they made regarding the, uh, the water of the Pada Duma, and this is not something that you will maktish in a Keli yet. And still they made this mila, they made this chumra. Hochanami mila. So too as well, benigeta the halachas that we spoke about before, before we spoke about the halacha of zriya, that there's no zriya by trume or by kochim to, to make it uh, fit again. This is a mila that they made by kochim, even if it was not placed in a keli. Omer Avshimi Barashi, Avshimi Barashi brings another example where you see a special chumra by kochim. Afanan nami tanina, we learned as well. Toval v'ola, a person that was tamei comes out of the mikveh. Oichol b'maiser, he can immediately eat maiser. Head of shimsha, he has to wait until at night. Only by by tzeisakichavim, then oichol b'trume, he can eat trume. B'trume in, but he could only eat trume. B'kachim loy, kachim he can't eat yet. Amai, why can't he eat kachim yet? Tohiru, he's already toy, and it's already at night. He could even eat trume. Elamayla, this is a special chumre that there is by kachim that he has to wait to eat the kachim until the next morning. Hachanami, Maila. Also over here as well, we have a special Maila Benigayat to Kochim that we mentioned before, that you can't be Zaydeyat to be Metayat. Omer Avashi, Ravashi brings another example where you find a special Chumra by Kochim, Afana Nami Tanine, Veha Basar. There's a Pasuk that says Veha Basar. This is in a Pasuk where it talks about meat that became Tomei, and you're not allowed to eat it, the meat of Kochim that became Tomei. And then there's an extra word that says again, Veha Basar. So what, is, what do you learn out from this extra word, or maybe the extra Vav of the word Veha Basar? The rabbi says, This comes to say that not only the meat becomes tame, but even the wood of kachim, and even the levaina, which is the, the, that's uh, brought over there together with the lechem upon him, it, it's not fit for eating, but it also becomes tame. So says the Gemara, this is a special chomer for kachim. Eitzim levaina b'nei etmuyin inu. Are eitzim, are wood, or levaina, things that usually become tame, they're not food, 
only food can become tame. This is not a food, it's not a keli. How does it become tame? Ela maile, this is a special chumre for kachim. Ochanami maile. Over here as well, even after you plant truma in the ground, or even after you plant the water of, of the yayin, uh, uh, sorry, the water of the, the mayim that's used on the mizbeach into the water that's tar, it doesn't make it tar. This is a special place that we see the maile of kachim.